Little did I know that I was going to be engaged in a head-to-head dance-off competition, something I am, of course, very well suited for. <laughs> As I'm, I'm joking. everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and cm before we dive in we gotta read another review woohoo i love hearing reviews this time of the day <laughs> i do like hearing reviews any time of day but that's true this review comes from logan Ryder, who writes obsessed i discovered dcl duo a few weeks ago and have quickly worked my way through many hours of episodes i think my husband might divorce me if i initiate <laughs> a conversation related to the podcast the only thing I don't like about the podcast is how much it has fueled my DCL obsession, which is an <laughs> unhealthy level. On a side note, I was shocked to hear that Sam chose to sing Redneck Woman during karaoke on the ship. Never in a million years would I have guessed she would even know that song, let alone choose to sing it for a crowd. If a video exists, I would love to see it. Please, <laughs> an entertaining content. Well, thank you, Logan Ryder, for that review. I can neither confirm nor deny the Redneck Woman song being sung at karaoke, although I think it's a favorite of Sam's. Yeah. So Logan, I, I understand your shock and surprise. You know, I am a Jewish New Yorker. So Redneck Woman is not the first song that comes to mind. I think when people think of me, but uh, I have a voice that was made for country. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> so even though that's not my background, I actually think that, yeah, I think country uh, suits my voice quite well. So it is a favorite of mine at karaoke. I also enjoy Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. That's another favorite karaoke song. A voice made for country that she's chosen to use in the legal profession instead of making <laughs> millions as a country pop star. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. Hey, listen, but, I'm no, I'm no T-Swift. Let's put it that uh, way. Yeah, well, that's for sure. But anyway, <laughs> love you, honey. All right, so we are here to talk about our own cruise. No guests this week. It's just the two of us, but... We just got back from the Disney Magic, a week-long, seven-night Thanksgiving cruise to the Mexican Riviera with stops in Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, and Cabo San Lucas, no Ensenada, in and out of San Diego. And uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk all about it. I'm going to tell you, the theme of this show, I've been mulling this over. I think the theme of this show for me, Sam, is has the magic lost its magic? Uh, oh, um, don't do say have, that, Brian. Well, this was we, a very merry time cruise. It was a there fun was all cruise. Kinds of magic. It was a fun cruise. I'm not going to deny that. But we and some sailing friends of ours had a number of issues on board the magic True. this time that are leaving me a little concerned about the magic. But we're going to focus on the positives first. Maybe do the nice, what do we call it? The Oreo cookie of feedback. Uh, some positives. Sandwiches. Yeah, some positives. Maybe a you know, a few items of uh, constructive feedback, and then uh, we'll end on some positives. But I'm, uh, I'm going to call that a poo sandwich. A instead poo of sandwich. The, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, we did not record as we normally do on board, just because I think Sam and I both needed a break from that on this cruise. We really needed some time to relax and rest. It's been a hectic couple of months for us. So this is a post-game wrap-up in the vein of a normal trip report that we're going to do. We won't go day by day as we would if we had recorded it on board, and instead we're going to hit some of the highlights and themes. I want to start by saying, love, love, love sailing out of San Diego. I, yes. I, I really hope that Disney does not completely abandon these San Diego cruises. I know they're not on the schedule for, what, fall 2025, or sorry, fall 2024 currently. They are back on the schedule for spring 
2025. Right. In between the Alaska season and the New Zealand, Australia season. So there definitely are some sailings in 2025. But we don't know if either the Magic or the Wonder will be sailing out of San Diego in fall of 2025, because we know fall 2024, there is no ship there. Right. So hoping they come back because we really enjoy just the two and a half hour flight down the coast to San Diego. San Diego is a fantastic city to sail in and out of. Lots of great hotels right there on the waterfront across from the cruise terminal. Lots of great food in Little Italy. We went to the zoo this time pre-cruise, which was a blast. Had a fabulous dinner at a new spot that we tried out, right, Sam? Yes, we ate. It's not new, but new to us, but it's called Juniper and Ivy. And it's one of Richard Blaze's restaurants for those of you who watch Top Chef. So Richard Blaze from Top Chef fame. He We actually have eaten at his Crack Shack, if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, which was a, is a fast casual fried chicken place. But this we, this time we actually got to go to a sit-down restaurant with a friend of ours. And his folks actually watched his kids plus Nathan. So we got an adults-only uh, date night dinner with a friend. It was really nice. Yeah, it was a fabulous meal. Highly recommend Juniper and Ivy. Highly recommend a lot of the restaurants in Little Italy. We've had some fabulous meals there too. And uh, yeah, you can head back in our back catalog to some of our other San Diego sailings if you want to hear some of our favorites there in San Diego. Juniper and Ivy was the new addition for us this time around, as was uh, San Diego Zoo. I know we've both been in the past separately, Sam, but... Yep. Uh, but many wow. years, many, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What Such a great... A huge, what a huge great d- way to spend a day. What a great yeah. way to spend a day. So, yeah. And I think we only spent a couple hours there, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. We did stay at our customary favorite hotel, the Spring Hill Suites, which is literally across the street from the, the cruise terminal. There are maybe two or three other hotels that are within walking distance of the cruise terminal. But we got to start with one complication that we had in San Diego, which was that Disney was not the only ship at the pier this time around. Right, Sam? That's right. Holland America had a ship. What is it called? The something. Koningsdam, I think Koningsdam, yes. And actually, our friends who we had, our friend who we had dinner with, whose kids were hanging out with our son, Nathan, they were actually headed onto the Koningsdam. The Koningsdam did not get the priority spot. Disney had the priority spot right next to the terminal. But yeah, it was a little bit of chaos as figuring out which lines we were supposed to get in for, you know, luggage drop off and check in and all of that, because both ships were headed out on the same day from obviously San Diego. The Koenigsam had a very inter- interesting itinerary, though. It was headed to it was headed to Catalina, but then all the way up to San Francisco and then back down to hit Ensenada and then back to San Diego. So it also had a seven-night itinerary, which means we had debarkation on the same day as the Koenigsdam as well. So definitely not as good of a port experience when there's two ships. It's just a little bit more hectic there with folks directing traffic and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We had concierge sailing this time, so I don't want to comment on the boarding process because it's unfair for us (laughs) to talk about it because we kind of breeze right through the first line into the basically the way it's set up in San Diego. They've got lines outside the terminal for port arrival times. They have a specific line for concierge. So we were first to get into the terminal, get checked in. I can imagine that there were a lot of holdups throughout the day just because there was a combined line for security as between Holland America and the Disney Magic. The terminal, which would normally be dedicated to boarding the Disney Magic, was cut in half in terms of seating for both the Holland America, Koningsdam, and the Magic. And so I, I have a feeling that terminal got really crowded. And that was evidenced by our first day departure time, right, Sam? 
Yes, absolutely. We were supposed to leave what around like 4:30 or 5, but we were delayed by what like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, maybe even up to 2 hours. I think they did the well, we had muster drill at 4.15, wasn't it? Uh, or 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, yeah. yeah. And then normally the ship would depart around 4.45 or 5 o'clock. And I'm not sure she really pulled away until closer to 7 in the evening. I think it was right after dinner, maybe right before dinner. I can't recall. Mm-hmm. But anyway, definitely delayed. A friend of ours who was sailing with us, shout out to Craig and Kelly Morrill out there, said that they were loading up rolls of carpet, long lengths of pipe, and some other things. So there was, it seems like there was a lengthy delay in getting the ship reprovisioned mm-hmm. and getting some materials on board, perhaps that they needed to make repairs, which may come into play in the middle of our sandwich conversation today. So. so one thing I wanted to mention about embarkation, embarkation day, that's a little bit new for us is that for the first time ever, we actually saw a port cast member choosing and welcoming the family of the day meaning they, we saw them being selected as the family of the day. And they happened to be sailing concierge. Shout out to Chris and Aaron and their girls, Piper and Ingrid. And ended up finding out from talking to them you know, quite a bit on board that there's, a, I guess, a big secret, not so much of a secret as their youngest spilled the beans, <laughs> that after the family of the day boards, at least on this sailing, they got a personal interaction solo with the big cheese himself, Mr. Mickey Mouse. Nice. Yes. And a big shout out to Chris. I'll just call him out now. We may talk about this a little bit more here in the show, but big shout out to Chris for teaching us Lorcana. Yeah, we played a little Lorcana on board. And uh, yeah, more to come on that, I suppose. But Sam, let's break this down in terms of some of the special stuff, special activities on board, the yep. dining, that sort of thing. So let's start off with this was a combined Thanksgiving and very merry time cruise. So the atrium was decked out. Yes, the atrium was gorgeous with all of the garlands. And throughout the ship, there were garlands, you know, decorations for Christmas for this being a a maritime themed cruise. Of course, a huge tree in the atrium, as well as a large gingerbread house in the atrium. So really what we've expect, we've come to expect on the classic ships. When I say the classic ships, I'm actually talking about the, the first four. So the the magic, the wonder, the dream, and the fantasy, a large tree, and a large gingerbread house. I say the classic ships as opposed to the wish, which also has a very large tree, but has this small gingerbread house thing on a table. So it's more of a gingerbread sculpture rather than a gingerbread house. Yeah, it was really beautiful. I thought the Christmas decorations were on point. I will say I did not see really any other holiday decorations, i.e., you know, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, but I really don't expect them anymore because uh, it's just the world we live in. So (laughs) beautiful decorations all throughout the ship. Really nice for some Christmas cheer, especially over, you know, a holiday week. Yes. And when you had some fun activities on board, Tim, you went to the, well, we were all at the tree lighting kind of, but you saw it and it was, it was packed. Like that atrium was packed. Yeah. So the my one complaint about the tree lighting is that it was only done once on the cruise. And I, I know that sounds silly. Of course, why would you light the tree twice? But it was done in between the dinner seating. So it was done on the first night in between the early and, and late dining. So at 730. So there was actually no uh, main stage theater show or actually, no, there was it was just a variety act that night. But there wasn't one of the one of the standard main stage shows that night. Because in between dining dining rotations, they had the tree lighting. So 
the you know the characters came out. It was the Fab Five characters, and they did a countdown and, and lit up the tree, and it was really beautiful and it was really nice ceremony and a little bit of you know dancing from the characters, but it was very very crowded. So finding a, a spot with a good view was hard unless you got there early. Unfortunately, I couldn't get there early. I raced from dinner to get there. Our we had a great dining team this this time around. I'm just going to shout out to. Abril and Satorka. So Abril from Mexico, Satorka from Indonesia, but such an amazing dining team. But despite having an amazing dining team, dinner is not short. And so, you know, I ran from, you know, a 715, I think it was from animators to the atrium and, you know, had to sort of squeeze my way into a spot to get any kind of view. So I did get some video. It was quite fun, but I just wish that it wasn't so difficult to get there. If you had Late dining, it'd probably be easier, but you'd have to skip the show. That's the only issue. So, Sam yeah. throwing elbows in the theater. How many children did you shove down? No, there? I did not throw any elbows. We did hear about people throwing elbows in the theaters and whatnot, but you know, I got lucky. Well, we were lucky in that when you're, if you're sailing concierge, you can get into the theater early, but you've got to be like at O'Gill's or wherever the meeting spot is, like 45 minutes before the show starts. So, you've got to be early anyway. You could probably get just as good a seating if you were just early for the show and right there when they opened the doors, which is about 30 minutes before. So yeah, I mean, I, there was no, there were no children harmed, at least not by me, but you're talking holiday activities, right? So you want, do you want to stick on that, Brian? Yeah, I was just going to comment really fast. We did have early dining, which you just mentioned, Sam, and I will say still not my favorite dining slot. Same. Uh, Normally I don't like early dining because I, or I should say I prefer late dining because I can get extra pool time in when the pool has kind of cleared out. That wouldn't have been in play this sailing because it got super dark by five o'clock. Yeah, and colder. Yeah, it was cooler. It was definitely cooler sailing. But I always left dining feeling like I want to do something, but I don't know what I want to do. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Sam would normally head to the show. I just, you know, there was still like an hour between sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it felt like there wasn't just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I, we have late dining. It's like we're leaving late dining and it's either a choice of adult show or head to bed. And it feels late enough you could head to bed, but early dining, I don't know. I found myself back in the state room watching the uh, on-demand TV a few times. So, uh, yeah, I agree. And, and the reason to be clear, the reason we chose to do early dining this time around is our friends that joined us, they live on the East Coast and they already uh, need to do early dining when they're on the East Coast because their kids go to bed, you know, on the early side. And so it's just too, it's hard for them to keep their kids up for late dining. Now this for them would have been even, you know, three hours even later because of the time difference. And so we opted for early dining so that it wouldn't be, you know, 11 o'clock at night for their kids to be eating basically. So you know, was, ha- it, was happy to do it, but it just confirmed my, I prefer later dining. So, yeah, yeah, agreed, especially if we're sailing East Coast. And so this wasn't as bad because we were sailing from the West Coast. But, you know, talking about the holiday activities a little bit, I would say there weren't a ton of holiday activities. There were There were some holiday crafts that happened on board. I didn't do any of the crafts, but there were holiday crafts. There was storytelling with Mrs. Claus, which I have done on a previous maritime sailing, so I didn't go to it this time. The the previous time I had done it was just Mrs. Claus reading a couple of books, one being The Night Before Christmas, and then I can't remember what the other story was, but another sort of Christmas Christmas story. So there were long lines to get into D-Lounge for that activity. That activity did happen several times across the cruise, but unfortunately, a couple of times when it was happening were afternoons 
on port days. And so, you know, those times are sort of difficult if you had a longer port excursion. But I would say, you know, the big, well, there were also times to meet and greet with Santa, but they happened a few times on the cruise and then they were supposed to happen two more times on the cruise on the last two full days, but those got canceled. And more on that, I I won't, won't spoil the reason why, because I know we're going to talk about that, but those meet and greets got canceled. And so we did not actually get to meet and take a picture in front of the tree with Santa. So I would say that was one kind of disappointment. But the big holiday activity or the new uh, holiday activity was a new holiday deck party. So it was Mickey and Minnie's holiday party, I think is what it was called. And it was a really fun deck show with a lot of live singing and dancing from the main stage cast along with, you know, the the Fab Five characters. I, I thought it was a great new deck party. What did you think about it, Brian? Yeah, I thought it was a fun deck party. I mean, I'm still of the camp. Once you've seen one Disney deck party, you've seen them all. I know <laughs> this that one was some people, different. <laughs> I know that some, well, but it, it, I mean, it's just, it's characters and outfits with cast members. I mean, this one felt like it had a little bit more, I don't know, like the costumes seemed a lot better than what I've yeah. seen in the past. The, they the were quality, new. Yeah. The quality of the cast members. I mean, the cast members are always fabulous, but this this felt a cut above in terms of some of the singing and dancing that was going on on the stage. So yeah, it was good. Lots of snow, you know, just to, to yeah. get everybody uh, in the Christmas spirit. But it was, a, it was a 15 minute deck show. And then there was a big dance party after that we didn't stay for. So yeah, I, I will say one of the things I noticed that was different. So a lot of the times the deck parties like the sail away party is most most of the folks um, in the sail away party are part of the onboard entertainment staff, not the main stage cast. And so they are, you know, they'll be dancing and they'll hype you up and whatnot, but they're not like singing. Whereas this deck party included the main stage actors. And so there was actually live singing going on as well as some, you know, they were singing along to a track. But I thought that this one was of a higher caliber as far as the, you know, dancing and singing because you have, you know, trained actors performing. So it's a little bit different than sort of cruise entertainment staff who most of whom can can dance, but they're not, they're just not the same caliber dancers and singers, right? So anyway, I I thought this was a better deck party than normal. And the costumes, both for the the cast members as well as the characters were new and I thought really fun. So I, I gave I give this one a big two thumbs up for holiday entertainment. But I would say that was pretty much it for the holiday entertainment, other than of course the characters being dressed up in their holiday best on, I'll call this holiday night. So the night before Thanksgiving. So Wednesday night of Thanksgiving week was when most of the holiday activities happened. Not the tree lighting because that happened the first night, but it was the the deck party as well as the characters in their Halloween in their Halloween in their merry time costumes. So that day, which was, you know, most of the afternoon because we were at port that day at I believe Mazatlan the characters were out doing their meet and greets in their holiday attire. And I point this out to say the other days they were not wearing their holiday attire. So folks who have go, who have never been on a maritime cruise, just because it's a maritime cruise does not mean the characters will be in their holiday attire the entire week. They will be in their holiday attire usually on a specified day. They all had new holiday attire and interestingly enough, different holiday attire than what they were wearing in the deck show. So there were basically two different outfits that each character had one for the deck show 
and one for their meet and greets on board, as opposed to on Thanksgiving night, the characters were wearing their formal wear. So they had, you know, tuxedos and tails and whatnot. So very, very cute costumes throughout the cruise. Of course, you know, the first day it's their typical, you know, sailing stuff. They're the, I think the first night they were wearing the, their regular formal attire. Let me call it that. They had pirate costumes for pirate night. They had Christmas costumes for holiday night. They had different formal wear for Thanksgiving night. And then they were back to their, uh, I'll call it sailing attire. So lots of different opportunities to take pictures with characters in different costumes, as well as there were some Marvel characters on board. This was not a Marvel Day at Sea cruise, of course, but there was a couple of days where we, there were character meet and greets with, with Marvel characters. Yep. And we should say this was also a Thanksgiving cruise, but the only real special activity for Thanksgiving beyond maybe some arts and crafts things that were going on is dinner that evening. Uh, They don't have Mickey and Minnie or the characters out in some kind of Thanksgiving outfit. They used to do that, but I think that they are deemed to be sort of somewhat culturally insensitive now. And so they don't put them in those outfits anymore. Right. No No pilgrim or Native American costumes. No. no, No special deck party for Thanksgiving. Nothing in the atrium that we saw. So, you know, I'm sure that there were kids club activities and other activities, you know, make make a handprint turkey, that kind of thing. But really, it's dinner that evening, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So I do think we should pause here to talk about what helped what happened on board from a health standpoint, because that impacted some of the Christmas are the the very merry time activities in particular santa claus was not yep. available to us on yep. the last day yep. when we got dressed up in our jammies to go get pictures with santa and mrs claus so you want to talk about uh, what happened about halfway through the cruise yes so when we got back from or i guess it was our i'm trying to remember which night this was this was thanks. well we should we should maybe clarify too the itinerary here was sea day Sea Day, Mazatlan. No, Puerto Vallarta was first. Okay, Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, Cabo, Sea Day, San Diego. Correct. So on, I'm trying to remember if it was Mazatlan night or if it was Puerto Vallarta night, or sorry, Mazatlan or um, Cabo San Lucas night. It would have been before Cabo San Lucas, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So on Mazatlan night, which was the, that was actually holiday night, there, we noticed a difference between before dinner and after dinner. And what that difference was, was that the character handlers who will normally take a photo for you with your own camera told us after dinner. So before dinner, they had taken photos of me with my camera or with my phone, in addition to the photographer taking, you know, professional photos with their camera. But after dinner, when I went and saw the exact same character handlers with a different character, they would not take my phone. They would not take guest phones to take pictures. So immediately, because Brian and I, of course, know that these are health protocols when they do things like that, there is something going on. There is either, you know, COVID or some kind of virus that has the numbers have, you know, spiked. And so they have instituted certain protocols. By the next day, You could not serve yourself at Cabana's. You could not serve yourself food in the concierge lounge. You could not get yourself a coffee at the concierge lounge. You could not get yourself soda or ice cream or coffee or anything on the pool deck. Everything became cast member served. 
There were not masks instituted, although some cast members are a handful of cast members that wear masks, but most of them don't. And then actually our friends, their daughter got sick the next day, violently throwing up basically yes, so it was, that night. It was, it was norovirus. There was a norovirus outbreak on board. It was not COVID. And so we heard lots of stories of people becoming violently ill for 24 hours and having to quarantine and get uh, some help from the medical center. We heard from our friends whose daughter fell prey to it that the medical center was completely overwhelmed. And it was mostly people vomiting, but I did hear there were a lot of people who had both vomiting and diarrhea. Well, th th thank you for that added element and dimension yeah. of the discussion here, Sam. Apologies to those driving with their kids who are now <laughs> like, yuck. But I will say, so great kudos to Disney for instituting protocols on the ship to try to bring the cases back under control there. They were clearly sanitizing, really enforcing hand washing and hand wiping. Sam mentioned all the ways the crew were self-serving. We noticed it did impact service in some of the venues because it was also running through the crew at the same time it was running through the passengers. And so main yep. dining was understaffed and they were having to pull staff in from Palo to make up for that shortage or Palo was getting shifted more into cabanas. Like they were, they were trying to keep up with what was going on on board in terms of staffing. Santa fell prey to it. We heard from someone that Santa fell down the stairs in his costume and don't know if that was related to him being sick or not, but Santa was taken off the schedule. The shows in Rapunzel's were yep. impacted, so we didn't get the Lantern show. Or we, we didn't got get half the of, full show. Yeah, we got yeah, the beginning we got half, of it. Well, we got half of it. The late seating got none of it. Right. So, so it impacted the show there. So anyway, kudos to Disney for putting the protocols in place. Here's the two things I'm going to offer as some constructive feedback to Disney. One of them is really not new, but was frustrating even during COVID. But one of them is something I've never really seen them do, which is it's apparent to everyone on board that something's going on, but there was no announcement made, nothing mm -hmm. in no message in the app, nothing like that. And I think when you have an outbreak like this going on, that is, I don't want to say easily solved, but at least easily reduced and mitigated by people doing things like washing hands, staying in their cabins if they're not feeling well, like those sorts of issues, telling people what's going on so that they can take more precautions themselves, <laughs> I think would be helpful to know if I wash my hands more, I might not get this thing. We did hear some people saying, well, they weren't sure if it was food poisoning, so they left their cabins, right? And it wasn't food poisoning. <laughs> and so yeah. when that happens, it's, it's really best to, I think, let people know what's going on so they can take some precautions. The, the thing that Disney has sort of, it seems like, done even during COVID and that we heard from our friends is if people were ill and they went to the health center, they were basically being given this you know impossible option of, well, if we test you and it comes back positive, then you know it's at our expense, blah, blah, blah. But if we test you and it comes back negative, then it's at your expense. I do not think it is right. They did this during COVID to to Sam and 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 Nathan, I think at one point where it was like, well, if we give you a COVID test it's, and it's positive, it's free. But if it's not, you're paying for it. And I look at that and go, you want people to report. Right. <laughs> you, you, like, and to self-quarantine if you're yeah. not doing, you know, they don't have the protocols that they had during COVID where they quarantined me, right? They don't have that going on anymore. At least they didn't. Yeah, it's, if all, they it's, do, all self, it's self, yeah, well, it's self quarantine in your room. They will, they do send email around to different venues. So you can't like still check your kid into the kids club. They'll get flagged. Uh, you can't get off the ship in port if you're still under quarantine. And so uh, they will flag you if you try to disembark. Uh, but they don't the keep ship. you from going to dinner. They don't keep you. I mean, they sort of expect you to 
it's on your honor as far as activities around the ship and and going to the dining room. They might say something to you at dinner. I mean, they might. They might have said something to you at dinner. I don't Uh, think so, because our stateroom, our our stateroom or our servers did not know that two from our party, why they weren't joining us for dinner. We had to tell them that night. Yeah. So, But anyway, I I think Disney, like, I I actually think what's going on here is Disney doesn't want to know because they don't want to have to report to the CDC and blah, blah, blah. And I just say, that is not a good strategy, Disney. Like, tell people what's going on on board. And enable testing to figure out if someone's, you know, sick because they have norovirus so that people can get the right medications and and all of that sort of stuff. So that's my two pieces of constructive feedback for Disney. We managed to largely knock on wood. I mean, we would have been ill by now if we'd gotten norovirus. But so none of us got it. Thankfully, of our friends, you know, party of four, I think only one of them got it. So Yep. You know, we're, but we saw lists of people in our Facebook. In our group Facebook. Group. Yeah. 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 So anyway. So anyway, that's constructive feedback number number one, I suppose. But yep. Sam, let's talk about some stage shows. So are you talking about it. me or are you talking about the main stage? We'll get to your booty shaking in a second. <laughs> I want to talk about the main stage. So sure. yeah, Sam, yeah. I, I so Full disclosure, I made it to exactly zero stage shows on this ship. I am not your roving Broadway reporter. That is Sam. Sam did not go to all of the stage shows. One in particular that we missed that we really wanted to see was Taylor Mason, and we just didn't make it uh, out to see him. He has been on the show before. Fantastic, fantastic variety act. He's a ventriloquist and comedian and just and all around great and plays piano. And yeah, he's fantastic. Anyway, and we did not and we did not make it to the magic act. But we heard amazing things about the close-up magician. Well, I did see him though, so let me let me go through what the the shows were because I I wrote down the so this was seven nights, right? So night one, Taylor Mason. Night two was Twice Charmed, which is a twist on the Cinderella story. Night three was Eric Jones who performed magic. Night four, which was Pirate Night, was actually Wish, the new movie premiered in the Walt Disney Theater. It was the night before it was coming out on land. So we had it on board in the in the main Walt Disney Theater. We did not go see that. Night five was Ivan Skinfill's Fantastic Show. He is a juggler. Night six was Tangled, of course, the Rapunzel story. And night seven was Disney Dreams, which as folks who uh, have been on Disney Cruise Line before may know it, but it is a a story that was created or a, a show that was created for Disney Cruise Line using songs from various movies in the Disney catalog. I did not go to any of the variety acts in the main stage, but I did go see Eric Jones do magic in his uh, the adult show in Fathoms. He was fantastic. He's been on um, Penn and Teller's show and he has fooled them twice. So both times he was on, he fooled them. He is an amazing close-up magician, just really fantastic. Not just card tricks, but all kinds of stuff. I thought um, he, I thought they said he'd been on four times, that he'd fooled them four times. No, he'd been on, I think he's, I think they've only had people on twice, but he also did like America's Got Talent. He's done a bunch of these various shows. And yeah, anyway, he is, he's really, really, really just top-notch, fantastic. If you get to see him on board a ship or anywhere else, it is a treat. So I was happy to go see him do that. I, I miss the juggler. And as you mentioned, we did not, we miss Taylor Mason as well. And I didn't go see Wish or to Pirate Night Deck Party or anything because we were in Palo that night. But I do want to talk about Twice Charmed, Tangled, and Disney Dreams because I've seen them before. This was only my second time seeing Twice Charmed. 
um, because it's only on longer sailings on the magic and it's a really fun show. I'm really glad I got to see it again, but Tangled was just especially good on the sailing. And I have to say it's giving Beauty and the Beast, a, Beauty and the Beast, a run for its money. This was such a good production of Tangled. I mean, it, it always is, but this cast was just especially fantastic. So really wonderful. If you get the chance to, on the Disney Magic, see Tangled. And I would actually say Disney Dreams was also particularly good on this sailing. Disney Dreams is on the Magic, but it's also on, I think, on the Wonder, if I'm not correct. If I'm correct on that. Anyway. Really, it was a, a, a wonderful show. And so I have to give lots of kudos to Main Stage Entertainment on the Disney Magic for just a fantastic bunch of shows. And one other thing that I got to go to, which was Gail Bennett, who is the Broadway visiting performer. She was Lady Tremaine in Twice Charmed, and she was Mother Gothel in Tangled. And she did a performance in Fathoms. They call it Songs Forever After on the last full day in between the dinner seatings. And gosh darn it, she is so good. I was floored by her voice. She was actually Mary Poppins in the, in the, the I believe the national tour or the Broadway show. I can't remember. But anyway, she was, she's fantastic. So shout out to Gail Bennett for just a wonderful, wonderful show in fathoms on that last day hey dcl duo fans you know we get the question all the time should i use a travel agent to book my next disney cruise or should i just book with disney directly and i'm going to tell you if you have that question in the back of your mind right now you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash dcl duo the folks over at my path unwinding provide an amazing service they are so knowledgeable and so friendly we rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service and the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it disney other tour providers and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. All right. Well, is that everything on show, Sam? Anything else you want to cover? You or do we head to booty shaking now? I guess we have to head to booty shaking. So, so what I'll tell folks is there was before the Eric Jones Adult Magic Show. There were some games going on in Fathoms, and I, I got there kind of in the middle of them. And so there was a game going on on the stage. They had been doing, I think, the Intuitions is what they called the first game show, but they'd been doing various games. Tisa, who used to be the club host, but now is just part of Dine Entertainment staff on the Magic, because they don't have a club host role anymore, was leading. And she asked for two people who had not participated in any of the adult games and our friends Chris and Aaron started shouting and pointing at me and so I stood up and got on stage little did I know that I was going to be engaged in a head-to-head dance-off competition something I am of course very well suited for <laughs> as I'm, I'm joking I 
I am not a trained dancer by any means. I, I did musical theater and stuff when I was a kid, but I never had any formal dance training other than a couple of years of ballet when I was in like, you know, preschool and I hated it so much that I quit. So anyway, they what it was was a when I say head to head dance off, they played songs and there was a curtain between me and my opponent. So we couldn't see each other. And we were supposed to do whatever the song was, whatever the dance was that went with the song. So like the Macarena, I kid you not, the chicken dance, you know, and and stuff like that. So Vogue came on, of course, Madonna's Vogue. And I, yeah, I killed it. Let me just put it that way. I had like very, very loud cheers. My opponent got almost, you know, or very few cheers other than the friends that she was there with. Did, and did I, she get, but did she get booed off stage like Eminem? No, did? she, okay, all right, did she not, did not. Uh, no, people were friendly. She did not get booed off stage, but apparently she was doing a lot of just jumping around because she didn't know the, she didn't know the dances. Crisscross. So, She's doing crisscross. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jump around. Yeah. Right? I don't so, know. That's House of Pain. Yeah. Know. House of Pain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she, she didn't know the dances and I knew, you know, all of the dance. It took me a minute to get let me whip and let me nay nay. You know, whip, whip, let me nay nay. Anyway, I so, have no idea what you're talking you, about. Yeah, so, you don't know that. So, okay. Well, yeah. anyway, that one, I, that one was the one. It took me a second to remember what that was um, and how it how it goes. But anyway, I I got them all. Yeah, I had to do the Gangnam style dance, so that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was ridiculous. I made a total fool of myself, but I won and I walked away with some prizes. So you know. Sam, you're prone to making flag. a total fool of yourself uh, at regardless. any moment. Yeah, yeah, so regardless. I'm glad that you were acknowledged for your tomfoolery, yeah. uh, adored by the crowd as you are by every listener <laughs> of this podcast, because, you know, you need more accolades in your life. That's right. That's right. I will say this is going to be I'm going to give a little plug for Patreon right now, if I can, Brian. So if you join our, you know, Patreons and help support this show and you will get to join our Patreon Facebook group. And there that is the exclusive place to see about 30 seconds of footage of me dancing ridiculously to the chicken dance. So I'm just gonna put I'm that. I'm not out sure there. that sells Patreon, but you know, <laughs> folks, you you can decide. But That's there you right. go. You get access to our Patreon Facebook group. You can see Sam shake her booty. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to move on, Sam. We got to move on. We got a lot more to cover here. Why don't we talk a little bit about what do you want to do? Food? No, let's do excursions first. All right, let's do excursions. I have got up our our price list for our excursions so we can oh, talk good. about those. So let's start first with Puerto Vallarta. We did PVO3. PVO3, anyone have a bingo out there? No, I'm kidding. That is the <laughs> number of the excursion that you can find on the Disney Cruise Line website. It was Paradise Beach Adventure in Puerto Vallarta. Just so you know, this cost $87 for an adult, $44 for a child. We it was an all inclusive resort day, basically, or a resort few hours, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got off the ship in Puerto Vallarta. It was a dock. It was not a tender. Boarded a bus, a coach bus, and we're driven about what 30, 35 minutes from yeah, the port I, to I'd say about 30 minutes. This was the sh- this was a shorter drive than our Mazatlan. Yeah. So we're driven to a resort hotel. The resort hotel had I get we were given wristbands. We got uh, access to, I think it was three different pools, one of which was adult only, so really two different pools. They did have direct beach access. And then drinks were included, including alcoholic beverages for adults. All food was included on board, or sorry, at the resort. 
There was a splash pad area for kids, a small one. We did take some video of this excursion, so we might put that out up online. I was testing a new camera we have for our upcoming adventures by Disney, so I'm not sure if it worked the way I wanted it to, but may have that out up online. So what were your overall impressions? And then this is another place where I have some feedback about these all-inclusive resort adventures, although we might want to talk about the second one before I give this feedback. Yeah. So, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was okay. It wasn't like my favorite resort ever. Let me put it that way. We were at the Marval Vacation Beach Club, I think it was called in Puerto Vallarta or or in Nuevo Vallarta. It was, it was fine. It wasn't like the nicest resort I've ever been to, but I would say it was a, it was a decently nice resort. The drinks, as you mentioned, were included. The food was included. I didn't think the food was that great. And that's in part because they didn't lean into Mexican food. Like they were trying to serve like more American food. And I just wish that we could have gotten some good tacos there. I know that was something you were kind of hoping for. This was a I think pretty resort. It looks but it like most of these resorts, they look better in pictures than they do in person. The beach was nice. Like most of the beaches in Mexico, or at least the ones we've been to at resorts, there is an area of the beach that is part of the resort. And then there's a rope and then the rest of the beach is public. And so the vendors selling stuff can't come into the private part of the beach, but they can if you go down by the water. I will say the water here was not as nice. It wasn't as clear or wasn't clear at all. It was mostly murky and the waves were pretty, pretty rough. So this was not great for beach swimming. So we really spent our time swimming at the pool. There were a couple of, I'll call them water slides, but they were little kid water slides at like, as you mentioned at this splash pad area. So they were not water slides that, I mean, Nathan could go on them and he did go on them a couple times, but they were not like thrill water slides. There was no real water park. This was a little kid water park water slide. So I would say young elementary age kids is what this the, their little water park was good for. And then they had a little splash area and even smaller water slide for like the little babies and toddlers. So it was it was a nice day, but it's not it's this is kind of a one and done, I would say for me. Yeah, let's get out on the table the second resort day because we did a second one of these in Mazatlan. And that one was... MZ26. Yes, MZ26. All-inclusive beach resort is the title. It is $81 for a child and $121 for an adult. So more expensive than the first resort. For this one, we exited the ship and boarded an open-air, double-decker bus. Uh, So the top was totally exposed, and the interior of the bus also was windowless. So like it, you know, you were sitting with the open air. Phone could have fallen out very easily. And then my hat actually did fly off at one point. Thankfully, it flew off into the bus and not off out of the bus. But I was wearing... We were bused 45 minutes from the port, a leisurely pace on the way out because they were trying to do kind of a tour at the same time. But about 45 minutes from the port over to this resort on the far side of Mazatlan, an area that looks like it's being built up is a little bit newer. Definitely newer area. The Rio Emerald Bay was what it was called. Here we arrived. We're shuttled in with a welcome drink. Had to wait in a room, which I have some feedback about that in a second. Had access, again, to pools. All food was included. All beverages were included. This one had a water slide water park. Unfortunately, here, so lot more pools. There were definitely more pools. Oh, much, take many of. more. This was a yeah. much, 
this was a much larger resort with, I don't even know how many pools, at least five like large pools, and then a couple of adult only pools with swim up bars. And then it had a splash pad water park area for the little kids and then a bigger water slide water park area for adults and, and bigger kids. But none of the pools were heated. No. None of them were heated. Yep. And they the weather that day was not fantastic. In the morning, yep. it was pretty overcast. So we weren't getting that nice Mexican sun to heat everything up. And so those pools were cold, 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 including there was an adult pool that looked like it had hot tubs in it, but turns out it was just bubbling the water. <laughs> they were. Yep. I will say for my part on this one, once the sun came out, the pools were kind of nice. It was also nice they gave us cards to get towels from the resort, which I'll talk about that in a second, the towel situation. Food was not as good. The resort we were at... More variety in, of food, though. Bigger variety. More variety. But, but here's to your point, here's my problem. It's it was like American. They were serving Chinese food at a yeah. Mexican resort. Yeah, you know where's the ceviche? Where's the guacamole? Where's they did have some guacamole out? You know where are the tacos? We're, we're like we're in Mexico, and Americans, yep. as much as their palates love hamburgers and French fries, I think if there's a second food in this country that people love, it's Mexican food. And yeah, so, like, and I, tacos I, I, yeah. are pretty accessible. Yeah, I agree. I think you know that I this I actually thought the food was a little bit better at this at this. The second resort. The drinks were far, far worse. The drinks yes, were terrible. the drinks were worse. The, the, the drinks being were being undrinkable at yeah, times. The, and we did, I did want to say one more thing. They, we did find tacos, but they were at like a, they came out as a snack after lunch. <laughs> so yeah. It was like we'd eaten this like eaten. this lunch that was okay that we didn't love. And then finally the tacos appear and they were actually fairly good. So yeah. I will say I thought this beach was nicer than the first beach. So this the beach at Mazatlan I thought was nicer than the beach we went to at Puerto Vallarta. It was still rougher waters, so I did not really spend time swimming. I just kind of waded in the water and walked the beach a little bit with my friend Kelly. And again, it was the same setup with the, you know, the resort had a bunch of chairs, had a ton of really actually nice chairs with cushions. And even had some cabana type things, which I assume was an extra cost. We we didn't you know inquire because we we spent our time mostly by the pool. But again, had that sort of rope line so that the vendors couldn't come into the resort area. But you had to go past the rope line to get to the water. So this was a, a much bigger beach, much bigger resort. I thought this resort was overall prettier, but again, looks better in pictures than it does in real life. Let me put it that way. So yeah, it was so it was nice, but over. This was this one was, I would say, overpriced. All right. So here's my constructive criticism on both of these beach adventure, all-inclusive things. The first is the towel situation. So when we checked in in Puerto Vallarta, I asked the cast member if we really needed to take towels off with us because we were going to an all-inclusive resort. And they were emphatic that we needed to take towels, needed to take towels. I don't know if we needed to take towels. They had towels at the resort. And so I'm like unclear why we had to schlep Disney Cruise Line towels off the ship and back, wet towels, by the way, on the way back, when we were at a quote-unquote all-inclusive resort. The descriptions for both of these resorts, you know, shore excursions, by the way, are super lacking. They're, they say all-inclusive, but then it's like, okay, but I got to bring my own towels. Towels aren't included. Now, the second resort, they were, but we had already schlepped Disney Cruise Line towels with us based on our first day experience. At the second resort, they gave us cards for the towels, so we could have checked towels out. But beyond that, the descriptions for neither of these, you know, port adventures really specified like what's included in all inclusive. And yet they both had a line in them that said, make sure to bring cash or credit cards for incidentals and 
souvenirs. And that's really broad. And so it left us wondering, like, are drinks included? Are food included? Like, we, we didn't know going into the day what was and what wasn't included. You know, and at these prices, sometimes Disney is just charging you for basically the transportation and access to a chair. So like these prices aren't completely out of line with what we had to pay to go to Megan's Bay Beach in the past, especially the like the $87 shore excursion in Puerto Vallarta. That's, I feel like pretty close to what we've paid to go to Megan's Bay. And at Megan's Bay, you pay your own food, you pay your own beverage, right? So it was great that they actually did provide that stuff as included, but that was not in the descriptions. And I'd really encourage Disney to go back and update the description so it is clear to people whether they need towels or not, and that the food and beverage is included so they know that going in. Last thing is just like the amount of time you spend on a bus to get to these places. Like these end up being all day kind of treks where you're off the ship at, you know, 8.30, 9 a.m. You got a half hour to an hour long bus ride to get to where you're going. Then you get, you know, three or four hours, which is better than some of the beach excursions they do in some of these other ports. So I don't want to criticize them over that. But then you're back on a bus and like the second one of these we did, you know, it was like the we were hoping to get back in like 35 minutes since the bus had been so slow to get us out there. But then the bus detoured and wanted to show us around the city too. And it's like, I, I, like I, I just don't need that at that point. Like we've been off the ship for a long time. So as you contemplate doing any of these like all-inclusive kind of resort days, here's what I would say. One, read the description carefully. Two, I would from now on going, I'm going to compare it to what I could have gotten on board. And at the end of the day, I could have gotten a chair on the ship next to the pool, which probably would have been empty because 70 to 90% of the ship got off in these two ports. I could have paid my drinks and never even began to approach the $87 or the $121 I spent as an adult to go to one of these. Would have had my towels, would have had access to free food. And frankly, the food on board, I think would have been better than the food at these resorts. And so I would just say, sort of buyer beware of these all-inclusive resort adventures. I, I think going forward, I, I'm really going to be skeptical of them. And, and I just don't know that they're they're worth it. Now, that I, w- I do want to say we had a fabulous all-inclusive resort shore excursion in either Cozumel or Costa Maya. I think it was Cozumel, where we went to a beach for the day. Yes, we, that was we Cozumel. Like, we paid like $20 to have like a lounger, covered lounger. The drinks were included and they were good drinks. They were flowing. You didn't have to wait for them. The food was included and the food was actually pretty good that day. They didn't have a pool when we were there, although I don't know if we just didn't have access to the pool because it was during COVID. But regardless, that was actually a good adventure. I would do that one again. These two, not so much. And I think I'm just going to be a little bit more buyer beware on yeah. this stuff. So, yeah. So the, the, the other excursion that we need to talk about, Brian, is our luxury snorkel and sail excursion. What was the number on one of this and what was the cost? I can't, I don't have This was a CL36, Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, the ultimate luxury sail and snorkel. It was $108 per adult and it was $88 for children. Reminder, Cabo San Lucas is a tender port. And so we did not dock. We were anchored. Uh, We had to meet in the Walt Disney Theater. We had to get our towels. And we got on a tender boat that took us to the dock where we lined up to wait for the sailboat. There was probably a group of, I don't know, maybe 70 or 80 people, maybe even slightly more. They broke us up into smaller groups of about, like I think, 16, 18, maybe 20 on some of them. Our group was, I think, 16 we boarded a sailboat that was owned by Cabo Adventures. All the boats that were doing this were owned by Cabo Adventures. And we sailed 
to a private marina area near a resort. I should say we 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 sailed under power to get there. We then had about 45 minutes to snorkel in the ocean. And then we left to head back to the ship. And that's when they put the ship's sails up in order to have us experience sailing in Cabo. The wind was pretty dead that day. So we weren't really moving fast. And we basically sailed back into Cabo and was taken back to the dock to get back on the ship. Yeah. And I, I want to actually mention that Cabo Adventures actually runs a ton of the port adventures in Cabo. We've done a dolphin swimming excursion or dolphin encounter excursion. That was with Cabo Adventures. We've done, I feel like we've done a few, a few excursions through Cabo Adventures. And generally speaking, pretty well run. I'm not perfect as 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 you know, many excursions are with like you know, delayed buses and things like that sometimes. But the good thing about Cabo is once you get off the tender, you're kind of right there and there's a lot of stuff pretty close by. I, I have to give this this excursion a thumbs up. I thought this was a great excursion. You know, we had some, we had a cap, Captain Juan, we had a first mate slash bartender slash entertainment slash food service slash whatever. And we had photographer Sophie as well, who helped out not just with the, photography, but also helped out on board. And they were a wonderful crew. We had some really nice other folks, you know, with us. It was just the three of us, our our friends ended up staying on board because their daughter had gotten sick. And it ended up, as Brian said, only 16 of us on this beautiful sailboat. And so we were up on top of the sailboat pretty much the whole time, except when we were in the water. And they made us like some really nice food and snacks and and a nice lunch. And yeah, I thought it was a really great excursion. This was Nathan's first time snorkeling. He got in the water for a little bit, snorkeled for a little bit. He was quite nervous because there were a ton of fish around because Juan had thrown a bunch of bread and kept throwing bread into the water. So the fish came right up to uh, the back of the, the boat. But I thought this was a really fun excursion. I thought the food was really good and the staff or the crew of the of the boat were really nice. And yeah, I enjoyed this. What would, what did you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great... Ex- of the three excursions we went on, I think it was obviously the clear winner and the best oh, yeah. one. Uh, you know, I do still tend to be skeptical of these just because you get... It's, it's, it was like an all-day excursion and we had 45 minutes of snorkeling, right? So, yeah, so sure. you know, like I, I always am a little wary of uh, a bunch of time spent on a boat to get someplace and then you get like 45 minutes and then well, you're out of there. Right. I will well, say, we did have will, to be back on board. I think it was a 2.15 all aboard for this port. So it was a shorter day. Yes. Overall, I thought the food was good on the excursion. I think the food was some of the best we had. Local Mexican food. I thought that was great. It was a little too long sailing. I wish they would have cut the sailing time down because the boat was not really moving. And Nathan ended up feeling seasick because of the motion of the boat. was It was going so slow. We were just bobbing around in the water, which is not great for anyone. But overall, I thought it was a great excursion. My one continued criticism of Cabo is the tendering. In the morning, it wasn't terrible. It was big tender boats that got us in. And I'll say actually in the afternoon this time, since we we're the only boat dock, they used big tender boats, but there was a long, long, long line at the port to get onto the tender to get back to the ship. And I'd just love to see that process run more smoothly. It may just be a consequence of tendering, but I'd still love to see if there's a way for them to improve that going forward. So, but Sam, we got to get, we got to get to food. We're, we're way over budget on time here for this show. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about with food. So what is there to know for folks out there who are thinking about taking one of these week-long Thanksgiving cruises on board Disney Cruise Line, which I got to put in a plug. It is glorious to be on Disney Cruise Line for a holiday because 
There's no driving anywhere to people's houses. There's no food prep. There's no cleanup. There's just eat your dinner and, uh, you know, put on your stretchy pants and you can <laughs> wander around <laughs> the ship. So yeah, Sam, what, what should people know about the fabulous food on board a week-long Disney Magic Cruise? Yeah, well, so they should know that you'll get basically the the three standard rotational menus and then you'll get the three alternative rotational menus. So you'll get two different menus in animators, two different menus in Rapunzel's. So the Rapunzel's menus are one of them they call the thug menu, one of them they call the lantern menu. And then you'll get two different menus in Lumiere's, of course, one being the standard menu and the other being the one that has lobster on it. So, and you will not get the pirate menu. Woohoo! So this is the exact same essentially setup that we had when we did Thanksgiving on the Fantasy a couple of years ago. You don't get the pirate menu. What you get instead is the Thanksgiving menu. And I did post the Thanksgiving menu in our Facebook group if you want to see it yourself. But I, what I will say about the Thanksgiving menu is I'll say two things. One is get the turkey. I mean, that's just what, you know, your traditional will have to get the, the turkey for Thanksgiving. I did get that. And I also ordered the ravioli, which was a, like a pumpkin ravioli that had sage. Too much sage. Not bad, but definitely not my favorite. And then the last thing I'll say, which I know you will echo, is why the heck, Disney Cruise Line, do you not have pumpkin pie? You never pumpkin have pumpkin pie, pie for Thanksgiving. Pie. Right? I like a video of, of a, a time-lapse video of Costco selling out of pumpkin pies. Disney, just get get a, an agreement with Costco. Get the pie. Yeah, I'm just bored. go get a pie. Just go. Uh, come on. So they have pumpkin cheesecake as one of the desserts. And then they have this like chocolate peanut butter pie and they have an apple pie. You know, you had the apple pie and thought it was kind of meh, not great. Mostly puree, pump, puree apple, and then some, a few chunks of apple, but not the apple real. pie. With it, yeah. The problem with the desserts on that menu, they're just being too cute. Pumpkin yeah. cheesecake. Everyone just wants pumpkin pie. The apple pie. I just want a standard, classic, sliced apple pie. Instead, I'm getting like apple puree and pie. And they call it a la mode, but the ice cream's on the side, not on top, right? I mean, it's just... They're too cute with yeah. the desserts at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone just wants either apple pie, pumpkin pie, or ice cream. If you want to go nuts, Disney, make a pecan pie, right? But yeah. like, <laughs> like it's, it's uh, the pies at Thanksgiving are meant to just be simple, bring you back to home, right? So, yeah. yeah. I will say I did have a new favorite dessert from this cruise, which was there was, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but in rapunzel's on i believe it was on the thug menu there is a no sugar added dessert it's a tiramisu and i actually i ordered it just because nothing else sounded great that night i thought this probably won't be very good but i'll just try it i ended up ordering it three nights in a row i loved this no sugar added tiramisu so i ended up ordering it in both lumiere's and in animators it was fantastic so i'm just gonna put, put a plug in there for sometimes trying a dessert that you would not otherwise uh, think of, and it might surprise you and might be really good, even if it's no sugar added. So, I'll tell you what, if you just uh, crash into a Jersey barrier or are screaming at your radio, I'm with you. I went to San Felicia, was ordering <laughs> sugar free desserts. It wasn't sugar free. A... No, no, no. It's not sugar free. No sugar added. No, oh, fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Still, I have yet to have one of those desserts that was really good. So, I, I will confess I didn't try Sam's dessert because I was so opposed to it morally. But uh, yeah, normally not great. So, maybe this one's good. We, we yeah. shall see. Every server I have ever had, if I've even looked in the direction 
of the no sugar added dessert has talked me out of it. So, yeah. so yeah. The other thing I have to put a plug in for is, of course, the escargot. If you haven't tried escargot, just try the escargot. You know, you can even order it and, and just eat one and, and you might, you know, leave it the rest if you're not into it. But I really like it. It's really good. I know that Josh, are the villain of the show, uh, Josh feels that Royal Caribbean has better escargot. I don't know. I've never been on Royal Caribbean, but I will tell you that escargot and Lumiere's or Royal Court or Royal Palace or Triton's are all excellent. And then some other favorites we have to talk about from Cabana's, Brian. We did get the Hot Pockets, or as you call the Mexican roll-ups, but they are, this is a breakfast item. If you see them on board, get them. They look like a sideways rolled up, you know, tortilla kind of cut in in half and it's got like them taco bell at sea taco yeah bell and it's like meat cheese and egg i think in there right nope. and meat cheese and beans that's oh, it. meat cheese and beans and it's it's for breakfast anyway they they'll have them like once or twice during the cruise and we saw them and i got them for brian and he was so 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 excited another thing that they had they only had them i think one day but we actually ordered them a different day so we had them twice we special ordered mickey churro waffles nope they had they them were... they had them a couple other days because craig oh, uh, would right. tell craig me whenever they them. had them that's yeah. right yeah so they had them twice we actually ordered them a different day so we had them twice but they were in cabanas twice so they were you know they were fantastic so just those are just some favorites you know we didn't do, we did do lunch out of Cabana's one day and they had quite a bit of like Asian food that was mostly pretty good. Like lo mein was pretty good. But yeah, it was all in all, I'd say food was overall great on the cruise. I did have the amaretto souffle again from Paulo. We did get the porterhouse steak, I have to say, from Paulo for dinner when we went there. And I thought that was, that was delicious. That was sort of a change for us from our normal, you know, standards. That's my new strategy at Palo now because that porterhouse steak. So we, I feel like it was the first time I've gone to Palo and we did not go completely nuts in terms of the amount of food that we ended up eating. So it's yeah. the porterhouse steak was a nice shareable main course. And then we had a couple of sides that we ended up splitting between four people, which was plenty for, for the four of us. And I did not leave uncomfortably full from Palo dinner. And so that's... <laughs> That's a win in in my book. So we did have Palo Brunch twice. It was delicious. And we had Palo Dinner, which was a real standout. I highly recommend that. 28-ounce shareable porterhouse steak, perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned, just delicious, just delicious. That 28 ounces does include the bone, so you're not actually eating... You know, yes, it was not 14 ounces much. of steak. It was yeah. more like, you know, maybe eight ounces each. I'd, yeah. Yeah. So it was. I thought it was a perfect amount of food to have. So yeah. All right. So we got to enter potpourri around here, just the miscellaneous stuff. And uh, I, I, t- to maintain our cookie sandwich, so to speak, <laughs> I want to start off with, I made the comment at the top of the show that, you know, had the magic lost its magic a little bit. And that's because we experienced some mechanical issues on the magic and just some places where I think things were rough around the edges in ways that I thought, didn't this ship just go through a dry dock and it already looks like it's falling apart again (laughs) a little bit? And and I don't want to be, look, I don't want to be extreme about any of this. None of it ruined our cruise, but it was a head scratcher to us. So some things that we noticed, one, we were in a concierge one bedroom stateroom. And I say that not to brag, but because those rooms were refreshed as a part of the dry dock. They were completely reimagined, new interiors, new soft goods, you know, all new cabinetry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When we got on the ship, I noticed in our room that like 
some of the particle board that they had used or some of the wood they had used was warping and exposing particle board, which was clearly not the intent. Some of the uh, wood finishes in the room were were similarly warped and sagging, especially mm-hmm. around the air conditioner. Um, and, and the closet. The closet was the worst. Closet was the worst. But even we had cabinets in the, the living space where the drawer pulls were just, they would come off. Or there was a bedside nightstand drawer that if you opened it too far, it would get locked in position. And you have to like reach behind the drawer to lift up this random piece of metal. And then you could close it again. I don't think that was a design <laughs> feature. I don't think it was. A, I think that was a bug, not a feature. And so, you know, collectively, I looked at that. And then additionally, we had an issue on the second, starting the second to last night, where there was a loud, like a loud banging. I cannot express enough. A really loud banging. You it sounded like feel someone it. was. It feels like felt like someone was up on the deck above us, like throwing heavy boxes on the deck. It was rattling the whole back of the wall. It was happening when the ship kind of listed left to right. It felt like it would it would like kind of it, it seemed like like a almost like a closet door when it would like close and then slam, slam. shut. Right. But you could um, feel the vibration. It was so loud you that we we could feel it in our stateroom, not just hear it. It wasn't actually the noise that was as well, and the, and the bothersome as were, the. The people next door commented on it too, right? Yep. And so, and you could hear it in the hallway, right? And so the first time it happened, we thought, well, maybe they're doing something up on deck that just is too early in the morning and, you know, uh, whatever. Well, it's annoying, but we'll live with it. You know, P.S. Disney, I don't understand why you put the concierge state rooms on deck eight when the pool deck's right above and you can hear the chairs scraping on the yeah. pool deck in the mornings as they're putting yeah. them out. Like they, So this, yeah. this started for us at like maybe four or five in the morning. It was so we didn't, we didn't realize it wasn't, I mean, we did of course hear the pool deck movement stuff, but that was actually a little bit later in the day, more like probably around five or six, but we didn't realize that what we had heard and we didn't realize till the next night because we were at port that day. So we didn't hear any sound during the day because it seemed to only happen when the ship was rocking back and forth. So, no, that no, it was a sea day. We were on a sea day, but we just weren't in the room that much during the sea day because we had massages at like eight o'clock oh, in the morning right. for two and a half hours. Then we had Palo brunch for two hours and then you're we right. got changed and we went out to the pool deck. But later that evening, as we were packing up, I started hearing this banging again, again, shaking the whole room. And so I notified our cabin steward who notified the head steward for the area they reported it to engineering. We also reported it to the concierge host because we just wanted to light a fire under somebody so we didn't have a sleepless night. Did all that around 8.30 in the evening. You know, we're still hearing this banging in our stateroom come 9.30. Sam reported to the concierge host. And I think you were told at that point, Sam, that, you know, engineering had identified the issue. It was one floor down and they were on it, right? Yep. That's what they told me. And this let me was tell probably you, 9.30, 9.45. Let me tell you, they were not on it. Because we went to bed and we decided, okay, well, they're working on it. It's annoying. We're going to try to get some sleep, but they'll fix it. And it seemed to kind of go away for long periods of time and then recur. But we're like, they're on it. They're on it. Well, 1230, it was just bam, 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 and, bam. And neither of, us, yeah, neither of us could sleep. So Nathan had fallen asleep. I'm not sure how, but I actually think it was worse in our room than it was in the living room of our stateroom. I think yes. we... It was, I think it was more, it was lo- more local to our room area than to his, to, than to the, and the room next door. Yeah. And the room next door probably. So yeah. we, we, we called down to guest services. We come to find out while well, engineering has identified the problem. There is some piece of loose metal in the floor of our stateroom, the ceiling of the stateroom below that is essentially just rolling around in the floor and hitting things. And it's causing this loud noise and vibration 
but engineering couldn't fix it that night. And so at 12.30 in the morning... More extensive work, they said. So I imagine that meant they needed to go into the wall and they couldn't do that with people sleeping above or below. Yeah. And so 12.30 in the morning, we've been awake. We're supposed to be up, you know, the next morning at like six, maybe seven at the latest because it's disembarkation. The best they first offered us earplugs, which was just laughable because it's the vibrate. It was the vibration that was really keeping us awake. And then they offered us a sleeping room on deck seven, which we took. And so we, the three of us, just kind of walked down to deck seven, went to bed. You know, tried to get some sleep, although we were kind of keyed up at that point, having been awake for so long. Got a few hours of sleep, and then was back to our own stateroom to get cleaned up for the day. So. It's that kind of thing. And then I got a highlight. The friends we were sailing with had the plumbers come to their room three nights, I think, I think it was. I think four times. I yeah, think four times. Because there was a terrible smell, a sewage smell emanating from their shower. In the uh, master ba- yeah, in the, the master, master bathroom. In the master bathroom that they had in, in their suite. And they came to try and fix it four different times, refresh their room, give them air fresheners, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the culmination of that issue... I will say heating and air conditioning still is a problem on the Magic. Loose metal rolling around in the, in the floor. And then some of the, just the finishes are already, you know, kind of worn off. You know, I, I'm just, I'm a little nervous about how the Magic is being kept up. I'm just, I, I'm wondering if we have really gone past the end of life for this ship and they're just not willing to kind of let it go. I don't want to let it go. But if they're going to keep it in the fleet, like they got to solve some of this stuff. That's my opinion. Yeah. On the other hand, so let's round out this poop sandwich with some happy things. On the other hand, we had probably the most fabulous stateroom attendant and assistant stateroom attendant that we've than we've had in a oh, long cr- time. Crew on board across the board was yeah. was was fabulous. There, you know, some ways where the Wonder Crew kind of can creep beyond some of the other ships, but yes, greatest main dining server and assistant server we've had in a long time. Great Palo server. Oh yeah, uh, Oliver. Oliver from Bosnia Herzegovina. Bosnia Herzegovina. He was wonderful. And then, of course, we had Gliza and Suchi as our stateroom attendant and assistant stateroom attendant. Fabulous. They were yeah, they were wonderful. We had some great hosts in the concierge lounge. That we had G and Selena and Junior, Junior. and then we had fabulous bartenders in the con- in the yeah. concierge lounge. Shout out as to well. Raymond. Shout out yeah, to Raymond. He was, Raymond. On, he was on my old fashioned every night. Loved it. And Loved Echo it. was great too, as well as Glennis. Yeah, it was. We had we just had a really had a great. Fast, we had a great nail yeah. technician in the spa, Lily, who who did manicure and pedicure for me and pedicure for you. No, actually, she did Kelly's pedicure. She did wasn't. I had Shane who did my pedicure. Oh, and I had a fantastic masseuse for my my solo massage and i'm gonna forget oh lynn lay was her name and she was oh my god like magic hands so yeah i mean we had some really fantastic things we even got i'll call this uh, this was a special little pixie dust we got a little magical moment certificate from our stateroom attendant which is just a certificate saying like i appreciate you guest right and so sometimes it comes with you know special you know presents and things like that. Ours did not, but it was just really a, like a nice gesture from our stateroom attendant who we actually, we had had her as a stateroom attendant in September and she was, she was lovely then, but we had more interaction with her on this sailing. So yeah, there were some, I mean, just some really wonderful and, and ma- need I say magical touches on the Disney magic. So it was not all doom and gloom of, you know, some not so great port excursions. Hardly, and some, yeah. 
Hard, you know. Hardly doing. Look, we still had fun on our port excursions. I just look at them and think the value is not there for us in the future. I wouldn't do them again. And, you know, but buyer beware. The mechanical issues that happened on board, I think even the morals would say they still had a great cruise. And, you know, the norovirus thing on board, not ideal. But I think Disney put in some place, some great protocols to help protect guests. I just wish they would have said more. Right. But, you know, overall, we had a fantastic time. I also wanted to call out two other things. One is, for those of you sailing concierge, we did get a glimpse of the 2024 print. They were giving them out on the Magic. And so it's a lookout key at, or sorry, yeah, lookout, lookout point at lookout key. I, I can't keep it straight. The name lookout is too long. Lookout key <laughs> at Lighthouse Point. <laughs> Thank you. The name is too long, Disney. And so there's a nice print that they're going to have in 2024 across concierge. If you are someone who sails concierge, it's nice to have that. Last thing I want to say just to wrap up was disembarkation was very smooth. I thought you know, we get a little leg up getting off the ship because we're in concierge. But once we get into the terminal, it's the same process that everyone goes through. And Customs and Border Protection this time, I hadn't seen them do this in San Diego before. At least I don't remember them doing it. But essentially, they used a little webcam to take photos of the three of us. And they were just comparing that as against the data uh, that they had in the system and never even looked at our passports or just yeah. like, you're, you're cleared. See you later. And then you know, so it was the fastest I've gotten through that customs experience in yeah. San Diego. And we, with two we, ships in, with two ships in port, that is no small feat. So. Oh, yeah. And we also, you know, got to meet some great folks on this cruise. You know, as we mentioned, the Morrill family came along with us. We spent a ton of time with them. But we also got to meet, as I mentioned, Chris and Aaron and their kids, Piper and Ingrid. And Chris taught us how to play the new Disney card game, Lorcana. Similar, It's similar to Magic, for those of you who haven't heard of it. We also got to have a brunch, a brunch of 12 with us, Craig and Kelly Morrill, as well as our Facebook group admin, Tina and her husband, Craig, and then America and her husband, and then Aaron and Todd, listeners uh, of our show, and then Annie and Jason, another couple who I met through, I met Annie through a different Facebook travel group. So really nice to have uh, a brunch of 12 adults in the private Paula room. So that was really great as well. So yeah, just, I think some fun experiences and, and definitely there's still magic on the magic. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Next up for us is our Adventures by Disney trip in just like, uh, like two weeks and two days or something. It's even less now. So we're gearing up to head over to Munich, Germany for our Adventures by Disney River Cruise, followed by a quick jaunt <laughs> over <laughs> to Alani. Don't ask, or I think we've already talked about it on the show. So coming out in you know about a month will be our review of our first ever Adventures by Disney River, River Cruise. Really excited about that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, to head over to Europe for the holidays. But we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And we'll see you next time. See you real soon. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find 
find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.